Hello and welcome to Coffee and the Cosmos with Sagima Bay. And I'm your host, Craig Wells. I want to bring you on a journey today of the moments of mercy. Just come with me a little bit as I take you on this journey. As you and I begin to reflect on the moments of mercy in our life. Mercy given as well as mercy received. You know, I spend my life desiring to teach the secrets and the mysteries and the wisdom of the Yahweh, the Most High God, through Yeshua the Christ and going into the heavenly realm and learning the fullness of who we are and the capability of what you are as a spirit being. For it's more phenomenal, incredible than you could ever believe, ask or think, as we learn to raise our frequency to the understanding of it. But in our life, there'll be times that you need mercy. There'll be times that you'll need to share mercy. And, you know, I love the church. I'm not one of those negative type people that want to speak bad about anything, even the institution of the church. Because for without the church, I would not be born again right now, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the blood through Yeshua the Christ and water baptism, or all the basics that I know about the Bible came from the church. So I, I, I don't uh, knock the church. But one thing I never learned much from the church, and maybe it's my own experience Though I did learn it individually, but I'll just say corporately I didn't learn it. But individually I learned it from different friends and family members and even some great ministers. But some of the things they don't really teach us is mercy other than when we're getting saved. You know, they show a lot of mercy. After that, they spend the rest of their time telling you how if you don't live right, God's not going to have mercy on you. He's going to destroy you and send you to hell or make you miss the mark or you don't measure up or all those things. But then I can tell you, God, some of the simple things that seems to touch my heart right now. I can tell you a time that I moved the mobile by the word of the Lord and I had really no money, just enough money to move there, move my family, my wife and children. I didn't have a lawnmower. I rented a home. I didn't have a lawnmower. And my pastor, Apostle Aaron Smith of the Rock Church at that time, came and cut my grass. He saw a need. I didn't ask him. He saw a need. He knew I didn't have a long morning. And it was a big yard, an acre, so it wasn't like a little job. And I remember he came out there, and I'm watching this man of God cut my grass. And see, that, that was mercy. I remember the time that um, some people in my church... Uh, up there in the Rockamobile when we were on Mont Lamar. Um, they were friends of Apostle Steve and Beverly Van Giesen. They, they needed a vehicle, and Steve and them gave them a vehicle. See, that, that, that was mercy. I, I remember the time that um, I'm, I'm starting a new church I'm on the Rock of Slidell, which we still are right now. We're changing our name to one tribe officially. We're in the corporation papers situation right now and as soon as it's official we'll change it 
But I remember being on Robert Boulevard and this person coming in without food for their family. And I had a little, uh, you know, we had a pretty decent youth group. My son was my youth pastor and um, we wasn't a big church at that time. Uh, I had about 60 adults. My son had about 50, 60 children uh, in his youth. It was just so incredible. And um, so I bought a uh, vending machine to try to help raise money for the youth. And I didn't have any money. My, my church never really did have a lot of money at that time. And uh, just making men's eat meat by the mercy of Yahweh. And But these people came in and they were in the car. They had their kids. And so I remember going in the machine and opening up and say, take what you want. And I dumped out all the money. I couldn't even afford to replenish the machine because I took out all the money and gave it to them. See, that, that's, that's mercy treasures that, that Yahweh never forgets. And you know, we forget sometimes that as merciful as we are to people, and sometimes we're not merciful to nobody. Let's just be honest. You know, sometimes the waiter does us wrong, we get upset, someone flips us off in the car, or the boss does us wrong, or people close to us, husbands and wives, spouses and children, sometimes they do us wrong, best friends, we get, oh, so irritated, and we forget that measure of mercy, but we can see a stranger or, you know, um, we can see a stray animal and want to go take it in and love on them. And, but sometimes we forget mercy to those that probably need mercy when we really didn't feel like giving mercy. But when we give mercy, we get mercy. And so Yahweh, you know, he wants us to realize how merciful he is. Um, I remember going through a big trial in my life and I really needed someone to believe in me and I really didn't feel too many people believing in me because my trial was so big. And you know, when you go through a big trial, people get into judgment zone. No, no matter how close they are to you, it's really, really sad of us humans how we do that. We all do it, so don't say not I. We all do it somewhere, somehow. We want to make assessments, maybe not of that one, but of something else. And everybody got their little niche where they're going to make assessments. You know, um, but when mercy is needed, I want to talk to you about a God, a God that looks down on you and sees your worst and covers it by the blood, sees your failures that you should have failed. You, you should have failed. You should have failed. You, you, you had no meaning to fail. You should have never failed. You should have been stronger than that, but you failed anyway. And he's not shaming you and he's not saying, oh, boo on you. You should have failed. You should have known better. I'm going to get you, sis. I'll undergird you and I'll give you mercy. I'll love you when you're unlovable. Uh, you know, I was uh, watching. Um, my body's in a little distressed lately, so. Um, I wasn't sleeping good last night, so I decided to watch the old Ben Harwood Charleston Heston. I love that movie. It's like three hours and 42 minutes long, if you can make it through it. But there's this part I love. They've, they've captured Ben Hur and they've sent him to the galleys, and he's going to have to go row a boat on a warship until he dies, basically, is what the penalty was. And he was chained up with all these other men, and they're walking, and they finally come to a little town with a little well. and course the centurions are like give my men water first give my horses first and you know you lucky if you slaves get any water and 
So they went to give water to Ben-Hur and the captain of the guards comes over there and knocks the water out. No water for him, no water for him. And he falls in despair. I know it touches me every time. And he falls in despair and his face is in the dust of the earth and he's in this horrible place of bondage and of slavery and the one with authority that could give him a little help decides not to because he thinks he's against his, his country. And But then there's a man shows up that represents Yeshua. And Yeshua grabs a cup and begins to bathe his brow. Now he's a prisoner. Now, you know, no one knows if this man's a rightful prisoner or not a rightful prisoner. Now me and you are because we watched the movie, but in the scene of reality, if that was a scene of reality, everyone around would just think he's another bad prisoner. He done failed again, and there he's going to get his just rewards. But Jesus takes the cup of water and begins to put it on his brow and wipe his face with it, wipe the dust off his face and touch the water to his lips to begin to give him a little hope of life and begin to raise his hand under his head and raise him up and and all of a sudden, the centurion comes over there and says, I said no water for him. And my Jesus stands up and just looks at him. And I know, even though they don't show Jesus' face, I know it was the face of mercy. It was the face of love for the one that could not help himself, even if he put himself in bondage. He could not help himself, but Jesus was going to help him. And the guilt, shame on the centurion's face made him quiver and turn away as Jesus continued to give him the water. See, that's mercy. That's the kind of God we serve. That's our God. Forever merciful. I want to encourage you to be merciful to people today that don't deserve it. Also be merciful to yourself. Because of the blood covered in Yeshua, you do deserve it. And receive the mercy of Yahweh and all of his provision for health and wealth and life and light and blood covenant and Zoe life and love through the precious blood of Yeshua into your life. For God loves you right now, right where you're at, and he wants to answer all your prayers. Yet sometimes I know it's in his timing, and that takes a little time where we got to show a little grace and mercy on the Father's timing. But as we live in mercy, the love of God will be spread in our hearts that will be full of his joy. It's the goodness of God that causes men to go to repentance to change their hearts back into God and the belief in who they are in Christ Jesus. I love you. You are so beautiful. Until I see you next time, dwell in his mercy. Shalom.